Big welcome to you all to our carol service today on the fourth Sunday of Advent where we can worship God with wonderful carols that most of us only sing this time of year. And, and that's what this service is about today. It's about welcome and worship. I know a couple who moved country and they were looking for a new church. And um, at refreshment time, all the newcomers were given a different colour cup so that people could tell that they were new and welcome them. That's a great idea, isn't it? So you could see who they were. But do you know, not a single person went up to them and spoke to them, even though they had these newcomer cups. Needless to say, they never went back. It's not nice to feel unwelcome, is it? Maybe you've not been welcomed to somewhere because of... Um, your, state, your social status or the language you speak or because you look different to others. But when we go somewhere, we all have things that we like to do to welcome people, don't we? Whether it's a, a warm smile or a cup of tea or some home-cooked food if people come to your home or even a friendly fist bump as we're not allowed to shake hands at the minute, hey. But I wonder what you do to make others feel welcome when you see them whether that's in church or at home. But whether you are a hugger or a handshaker today, we all like to be welcomed, don't we? It's something that we all like to do. It makes us feel cared for. It makes us feel loved and accepted in the place that we're in. And in today's society, how important we are often donates how we are welcomed. If you're popular enough, if you're rich enough, if you're attractive enough or clever enough, then you'll get the best tables in restaurants. You'll get upgraded on your flight. You'll have the red carpet rolled out for you. You're shown honour and respect wherever you go, whether you deserve it or not. In the UK, when royalty are born, they're welcomed with fanfare and ceremony. And, of course, the paparazzi. You know, when Prince George, uh, Prince William's first son was born, people camped outside the hospital for weeks, for weeks, just to catch a glimpse of the newborn prince as he left hospital. The streets were literally filled with people, and millions worldwide were watching on TV. But have you ever stopped to think how few people God used to welcome his son into the world. It's such a wonderful scene that many of us are familiar with, isn't it? The angels come and reveal this wonderful news to these shepherds who are nearby watching over their flock of sheep. The angels tell the shepherds clearly who the baby is. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The angels tell them this and then a whole multitude bursts into worship because of this good news that God's saviour, his chosen king, has been born. And yet it still causes surprise to us today to think why God chose to reveal this wonderful news to a bunch of smelly shepherds in a field instead of announcing it to the whole world or even to the governor of, of the town of Bethlehem, or even just the innkeeper, so that they could have got a better room in the inn, you know? 
But God doesn't need a big, powerful welcome to show who he is, does he? We can see how big and powerful he is just by looking around at what he's made. The stars, the Alps, the complexity of a cell under a microscope. Yet this, even though it's a massive event, it starts small. I mean, look at where it was prophesied to be, in Bethlehem. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. It's too small to be important in worldly terms. Too small to be named as a clan, yet from this small village is to come one who will be ruler in Israel. From the coming forth of from old, from ancient days. And on hearing this news, the shepherds go in haste. They waste no time to go and find God's king and welcome him. In the world's eyes, this welcome could seem unfit for such an important royal king. But God used this small beginning to work out his great and powerful plan for the whole world. Which was for Jesus to be worshipped by a multitude. But how did he go from a small welcome to being worshipped by a multitude? Well, Jesus being welcomed this way was all part of God's greater plan because Jesus hadn't come to be the kind of king that the world thought he would be, that they expected. Often with God, we can think of um, his way of working is upside down to the way the world would think it to be. Jesus didn't come for pomp and circumstance. He came to be the humble servant king. On Palm Sunday, we see that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a big stallion. No, on a donkey, on a little donkey. And we see that instead of going to sit on the throne as he arrived in Jerusalem, as the crowd expected, he goes to die on the cross. He went to die on the cross so that we could be welcomed into his kingdom. The message that the angel gives to the shepherds shows that anyone's welcome to come to Jesus. It's good news, isn't it? It's good news for all people. If we're not welcomed, um, sorry, we're not welcomed because we're worthy though, or because we're popular or good or deserving of it. Have you ever seen um, someone walking down the street and they've got a stern or angry face. You know, you're walking past them and you can see them as you're getting closer. They've got a, a, a miserable face. But if you're brave enough to greet them with a warm hello, then often that will change as well. They'll be surprised and they'll give you a, a hello back. But God goes further than just um, seeing our grumpy faces and giving us a warm hello, doesn't he? Look at Romans 5 verse 8. God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies of God, he did all this so that we could be welcomed in. In our anger, our greed, our selfishness, he came as a baby to grow as a man and to die, to take the punishment for our sin. God doesn't welcome us as the world welcomes us. He welcomes us as bad as we are. Or as bad as we've been, into forgiveness and peace. Micah 5 verse 5 says, And he shall be their peace. 
He welcomes us into his eternal kingdom to have this peace. When we're welcomed somewhere, we we feel relaxed, don't we? We feel safe and we feel at peace. And the peace that Jesus offers us in this changing, dark and confusing world is even greater than we can understand. Micah chapter 5 verse 4 tells us that Jesus will shepherd us through the difficult times in our lives and protect us as a shepherd would from the beasts that might devour us and through the darkest nights. And maybe for you this year, this Christmas feels particularly dark. Why not come to Jesus and accept his welcome and his peace? Turn to Jesus this Christmas. And whatever state you're in this morning, Jesus welcomes you. But will you welcome him this morning? If you want to find out more about this peace, then why not come and accept his welcome? You see, it's a free gift. It's a gift that we can accept this Christmas that will last forever. One of the pastors that I was involved in training with in the UK told me a story that he was once waiting for a meeting and he was placed in a corridor before it started. And there was a young man there and um, he briefly said hello to him and he was busy thinking about the meeting. And this, this guy looked a little bemused. And then a door opened and two guys came behind him and walked through with this, um, this man into another meeting room. And it wasn't until later that this pastor realised that this was Prince William, this young man, who he'd met. And he hadn't even realised. He didn't know who he was. He'd missed the opportunity to speak with his future king. But this wasn't the case for the shepherds, was it? The angels clearly revealed to them who Jesus is. And what did they do after they met the king? They went and they shared that good news. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Verse 18. God has clearly revealed to all of us who trust in him who the baby is and what he came to do. So like the shepherds, we too should share this good news. Why don't you have a think this Christmas about, and beyond Christmas, who we can show and tell this good news to, so that they can be welcomed by Jesus. When Jesus was born, we've seen that he was only welcomed by a few people, but worshipped by a multitude of angels. And when we look to his second coming, not only Will it be the angels worshipping him, but a multitude of people as well? Before Jesus' birth, at the start of this chapter, Caesar Augustus issues a decree for everyone to go back to their hometown. And so the whole world assembles. It doesn't matter what it cost them financially, time-wise, or the distance it took, they had to go back. They had to assemble at their hometowns to be registered. Why? Because this king wanted to know how many subjects were in his kingdom. He wanted to see the extent of his power. And this king, this emperor, Augustus, was a king who wants you to do something for his own gain. But Jesus is a king who came to die a death that he didn't deserve For the gain of others. For your gain. In the reading from Revelation 7. Do you remember how many were counted in his kingdom. Worshipping him. 
Verse 9 says, Behold, a great multitude that no one could number. When I lived in Hong Kong, uh, we used to go to Disneyland. And uh, one of the rides that we found ourselves on often was the It's a Small World ride. Does anyone know that? Has anyone been on the Small World? Yeah. <laughs> Annoying song, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, the, the point of this ride was you'd be on a boat and you'd go around the whole world and you'd see the landscapes and the people and the cultures from all around the globe. But what always stuck with me was the very last room of the ride that you travelled through. Because in there were people from all over the globe. They were all dressed in white and they were all playing and singing together. And it always reminded me of this picture that we're given in Revelation. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and be, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Jesus, welcomed by a few, who came to welcome all, will be worshipped by people from every nation, from every tribe and tongue. Peoples of all languages standing before the throne and they'll be praising him and worshipping him for who he is and what he's done. Now that's going to be an awesome sight, isn't it? What a difference between his first and his second comings. All because of his sacrificial love for us. So when we look at the nativity scene this Christmas and see the baby there, we can look forward to worshipping our king when he comes again to welcome us into his forever kingdom. But remember, our worship starts now in all that we do and, as, and that we say as we live for him, we live lives of worship. So if this is uh, the first time you're visiting, then I hope that you feel welcome here. And if you feel, uh, yeah, and if not, then I hope to see you afterwards. But um, if you live nearby as well, then you're most welcome to come again and, and join us and feel a part of our church family here. You see, because of Jesus' welcome to us, our welcoming becomes a part of our worship, doesn't it? So who can we welcome over the next few days and in the Christmas holidays who can we have round for a meal or a coffee? Who can we get round for a chat? As we welcome others and as we show them Christ's love and introduce them to his greatest welcome, um, they too can turn to him in worship like us. Let's uh, finish then. As we, as we celebrate Jesus' first coming, let's look forward to his second coming. He was welcomed by a few, but will be worshipped by a multitude. Here's a great verse from Revelation as we as I close this talk. Revelation 12. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.